Hi, I'm Adil Bandukwala. And I'm Kaushik Satish. And this is the Great Indian Marketing Show, where we go behind the scenes with top marketing leaders. We uncover not just what marketers do, but how. Our guest today is Nidhi Hala, Director Integrated Marketing at Microsoft. With over 21 years of experience in strategy and marketing, Nidhi brings a combination of creative and analytical experience in a variety of disciplines. Defining market entry and customer acquisition strategies in the Asia region, testing new growth strategies and brand and product positioning. Nidhi's expertise lies in driving breakthrough growth while building teams that focus not only on their own success but are also invested in each other's personal growth. Over the last two decades, Nidhi has had career stints at 2020 Media, VeriSign, and GoDaddy. Welcome to the Great Indian Marketing Show, Nidhi. Delighted to have you with us today. Hi, Adil. Hi, Kaushik. I'm glad to be here. My pleasure. All right, let's get started. Nidhi, you've had a career that spans both consumer and B two B marketing. And before you came to the corporate side, you spent ten years on the agency side. Did you always know you wanted to become a marketer? So a little bit of flashback. So I started my career in PR actually, and that's where I worked with C suite of some really great brands such as Canon, AT and T, and many more. And I went beyond the defined scope of PR and helped that C suite manage their business goals. And that's what led me to believe that I can actually make a meaningful contribution to an organization and go beyond just comms. And after that, I actually worked very closely with my mentor, R. Narayanan, and we took a conscious approach. So Naru, as he's fondly known, Naru and I defined a goal. I gave myself time to get ready for it. I pushed hard. He pushed me harder, and ultimately, we achieved the goal that I set out for myself. And we transitioned from PR to marketing. And since then, I've been really uh, lucky. I've had the opportunity to work with some global brands, uh, look after portfolio, not just in India, outside as well. And I'm extremely grateful to have worked with some fabulous team members and leaders. All right. Thank you for sharing that, Nidhi. Uh, Follow-up question to that is: What really motivates you the most about marketing? You mentioned like you transitioned from PR mm-hmm. to marketing. Talk to us about what motivated you, and has that changed over a period of time? Because it's been two decades now. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you make me sound old, Adil. Okay. So for me, marketing is all about changing mindsets. So the biggest human habit, like I was joking with somebody, the biggest human habit is habit. And as a marketer, the goal for us is to understand that habit, get more people to either adopt that habit or help them develop a new habit. So, in the marketing lingo, what this means or this translates into is two aspects. One is business results, and the second is perception. So, how do you make your ecosystem think about your brand or the product, and how do you leave a lasting impression for your brand? That's perception. And I learned some bit of it in my world of PR. But then, how do you make them act on it, which is what drives business results? So, with that as the lens, now I'll move you to the process, and that's what also is my motivation. So, number one is this habit changing or getting more people to adopt the habit. But with that as the lens, let's talk about the process. Marketing is generally the only role in an organization that has the right balance of left and right, right side of the brain, the creative and the analytics, and I think that's what motivates me personally. Also, I take a lot of joy in working with stakeholders towards problem solving. I thrive on people energy, and this this whole happy collaboration this gives me a better shot at impacting more minds and creating more habits. And best outcomes come from this 
what I call a socio-professional process. So I think for me, this is the biggest motivation, the socio-professional process to drive business results, to change perceptions, create more habits. And ultimately, when you do all of this right, you see the needle move and you drive better outcomes. Nidhi, you know, what fascinates me about your journey was your stinted GoDaddy, mm-hmm. because this was a company which was focusing on SMBs. And particularly, you know, you were trying to sell websites to them. And this was a segment that didn't know that it needed websites. So mm-hmm. I want to sort of learn from you, how did you discover your messaging in a market that didn't yet know what it needed? So you're right, Kaushik, the audience did not know that they needed websites and what it can do for them. So to build our messaging, you know, we had conversations with people, no agenda. The goal was to really understand the SMB and we further segregated that audience into micro, small and medium. And the goal was to understand their motivation, their habits. I am, I'm going back to the habits conversation that we had. How do you understand the human behind the being? You know, again, this goes back to the whole social professional process more conversations, less presentations when we were drafting out the messaging and not just going for impersonal research, outsourcing it to somebody. In fact, each and every member of the founding team went ahead and spoke to small and medium businesses to make sure that we understood what it is that drives them. And how did you define or discover who your customers were going to be? That's where we were leaning more towards the business model that we built out and, you know, the pyramid of approach. We spoke to other organizations and during the GoDaddy time, actually, even before that, we spoke with companies who are catering to the SMB market, like a Microsoft. We spoke to a whole host of businesses who are catering to SMBs and understood as to how are they stacking up the audiences, what constitutes micro, small and medium what constitutes upper mid-market. We were leaning heavily also on Ministry of MSME just to understand how the government is also going about driving growth in this sector. So that's where a lot of the business modeling happened. But I think when it came down to the messaging, it became more about conversations with real people without any agenda. Can you talk to us a bit about these conversations, you know, having a hard time imagining how it went, you know, particularly when you went to some of these guys, let's say, I think I remember hearing some conversation that you had with Sanchita, if I'm right, where you went to Karolba, if I'm right, and there was an experiment (laughs) that you ran there. So when you were trying to sell websites to the shops over there, give us a sense of how that went. What were the conversations there like? You know, so that was part of a cup of coffee campaign that I conceptualized. One of the biggest failures, as well as the biggest learning for me. So yeah, so typically, Koshik, the conversation was more like, you know, how do you grow your business? When you give out your visiting card, what do you have on your visiting card? Sometimes the responses are like, I have 10 customers, I'm an exporter, I don't really need to give out a visiting card. End of conversation, (laughs) right? Sometimes the conversation would go in the direction of, these are the problems I face. So just get to know how, what are the challenges he face? How much stuff does he have? What does he think about technology per se? His understanding of technology, like does he consider phone as a tech? Does he consider using the internet as tech? So just, you know, that's how we were delving deeper into getting a better insight into our audiences. I may have some old recordings, but if you really hear some of them, the conversation was going all over the place, including who do you have at home to how do you spend your day or a typical day in your shop? You mentioned that this was one of your biggest failures, but at the same time, this led to some of you know the biggest insights yeah. that you had. Talk to us a bit about that. Why do you call this one of your biggest failures? How did you measure this and say, okay, this was a failure? And at the same time, what kind of insights did you get out of an exercise like okay. this? 
So this was a cup of coffee campaign. Okay, so the goal was very clear. We were late entrants in the market and Kodari, there was competition which was very well entrenched. India was the first international market that Godaddy decided to enter outside of the US. So there was no baseline really. So we said, okay, we have two goals. Number one, brand awareness because people don't know who we are. And number two, of course, deliver on the business outcome. Like I was telling you, perception and business results, right? So the goal was very, very clear. So the whole premise of this campaign was built on the assumption that the audience needed a website. And the gap was actually on the ease of adoption. Not the why, why does he need a website or she needs a website, but the how. So that's what the whole premise was built on. So I conceptualized the campaign wherein we said, cup of coffee campaign, we challenge our audiences that we will build your website in the time that you finish your coffee with us. And that's where our core team, extended resources, agency resources, all of us were out there in the streets for almost 30, 45 days. And we kept delivering this message shop to shop, lots of doors being shut on our face but lots of them building websites as well. And we roped in some large industry partners as well to drive that brand pull because nobody knew about Godaddy. And Godaddy, the name of the organization is also such, it doesn't really roll off the tongue of a typical Indian audience, right? Yeah. So great story. On paper, it sounds great, right? So it definitely helped with brand awareness. It got us the attention, you know, make a website and the time you finish a cup of coffee. So you bet it did all that. But did it deliver on the business outcome? Did it meet my business goals that we set out for? No, it did not. And that's why I said it was a failure, failure in the sense of business outcome. But the amount we learned is what helped us drive the growth that we were able to drive over the next four years. So number one, I list them down. So we hadn't gone to the audience to understand their core challenges. We made some assumptions that they needed a website. They knew why they needed a website. But the gap was on use or ease of use, right? Which is where the whole timing and it's not complicated. And we were trying to get across those messages. But the fundamental core is, does the guy really need a website? Does he understand what he can do with it? Number two, we didn't really run a pilot. We went all out from hoardings to multi-city and all of that. So the big learning was, and that became our mantra at Godaddy. And I've actually lived by it, even my current role, which is test, learn, and then scale. Don't just go all out. And the third one was that we sort of assumed that the website was a solve to all their business problems. And lack of adoption was because of the perception regarding tech use or how difficult it is. We didn't really get deeper into audience insights. We were very internally focused on product, pricing. We lost sight of the customer journey. So we went store to store, annuity business, one year, website built. Money paid right then, sorted. Sure, check was a problem. Online payment was a problem. We had somebody collecting cash, recording it, things like that. We sorted all that out. But then what happens after one year? When the time comes for renewal, am I willing to make that investment all over again and send out hundreds of people back on the streets again for a product which costs less than 500 rupees? It just didn't make sense. So we hadn't thought through the customer journey, especially given that it's a annuity-based business. So I think those were some of the core learnings and at the same time, and the reason why I called it a failure. Does that answer your question? Oh, absolutely. Maybe let's switch from GoDaddy to Microsoft. And at Microsoft, your role is Director of Integrated Marketing. Mm-hmm. What does that really mean? So at Microsoft, it's actually a fantastic opportunity that I have. So we work across different segments and different solution areas. So for instance, apps and infra, data and AI, modern work, security, all of these are different solution areas, business applications, and then different segments like enterprise or corporate or SMB or startup. 
So my role actually spans across solution areas and across segments to make sure that we present that one Microsoft story to the customer. That's number one. Uh, and that's why it's an integrated approach. The second part of integrated marketing, the way we see it at Microsoft, is besides presenting that one Microsoft approach, also be the evangelist of modern marketing within Microsoft. Marketing has moved from one touch equals one lead to multi-touch, how do you do nurture? And it's about engaging an audience so that they drive the desired business outcome for you versus saying, hey, you came for my event, you're a possible lead, Mr. Seller, go and chase this customer. But the world doesn't work like that, right? So that's the other aspect of it. And then the third one is, Specifically, for certain opportunities that we may have on certain solution areas or certain segments, how do we stitch the story together and make sure we talk the right story to the right customer at the right time, in given his customer context? This sounds a bit similar to you know, account-based marketing. Would you say so? So account-based marketing is a subset of this. Yeah. Omni-channel, account-based, those are the means to an end. So you're right. One aspect of this would be account-based because if I have a smaller base of, let's say, 5, 10, 100, 500 accounts to go after, I know who I'm going to go after, then that's account-based marketing, what I do in that account. But in the case of SMB, it's also about scale. But again, at scale, how do you land the right message to the right customer? Because what a CIO cares about is very different from what a CEO or a CFO or a COO talks to. This caters to both ends then, you know, to complex enterprises, but at the same time, SMBs. Can you give us a sense of how your team therefore is structured? You know, what are the different components of the team? You know, what are the skill sets that exist and how did you go about structuring it? Sure. So the good thing about being at Microsoft is that you have a direction that you get from the company on how somebody else might be doing it in other markets or how the core corporate team is doing that. And you follow that structure, right? And you have the flexibility to bring about some components and some changes but at least it gives you a direction. What we've done is that the team is either aligned to a particular solution or a particular segment, because that way both get the desired attention. And then there are some people who are at the core, who are centers of excellence, who are probably bringing everything together. In the central marketing organization, we have a good sized team. And then we have obviously a network of partners and agencies that we work with who help us deliver the value that we're looking at to the customer. Nidhi, on LinkedIn, you uh, mm-hmm. said that your perfect day entails mm-hmm. collaborating with partner teams, both internal and external. And we get that this is super important for marketing success. Right. What, though, is the most effective way for marketing mm-hmm. leaders to build trust, particularly mm-hmm. with core partner teams like the sales org or the product org, mm-hmm. or even going a step ahead and with the CEO for that matter? Right, right. I would say there are three factors that help you build that trust. I mean, because trust is earned, right? You can't tell someone, trust me, and they would. So I think it's over a period of time. But number one, I would say is you have to get closer to the business. You have to understand their worldview, which is whether it's a sales team or the product team or the CEO or the CFO, you have to understand their worldview, where they're coming from, what are their priorities. So that's the first step to me to building trust. The second one I would say, and this is something I learned in my first job, make commitment, meet commitment. How do you deliver on your promise? If you've committed to deliver on something, no matter how small or big, are you delivering on it versus just words and then forgetting about what you said? And the third one I would say is that you build a relationship. That's a relationship of 
mutual trust and you get across that how you where the other party actually genuinely believes that you're vested in their success it's this feeling that i can come to you adil for example or to you kashif for seeking help no matter again how big or small and that you will do whatever you can whatever is in your power to make it happen so that mutual trust of genuine investment in someone else's success is i think would be a big part to building that trust this reminds me of the jerry maguire dialogue right help me help you so i think it's that mutual give and take but first you have to give to be able to take so i would say those are the three big factors that play out whom do you most closely liaise with in the organization you know who are your counterparts on sales or on product side you mean internally yeah so internally it would actually be more the field team that's interacting with the customers ceo coo so the entire c suite our senior leadership team as well as the person who's actually in the field and talking to customers and selling so my team works very closely with the seller team with the c suite and then we have something called the customer success unit within the organization so we also work with them very closely just to make sure that we understand and keep our ears to the ground and hear what the customer is saying versus just you know going out there and doing our own thing Got it. Can you talk to us a bit about what your mm-hmm. cadences are like with, let's say, your sales counterparts? I mean, you mentioned early on that it's not as simple as leads and events, right? So, what is it at the end of the day that you're accountable for, or that you're responsible for, when it comes to, let's say, sales or for product? Sure. So, at Microsoft, like I said, we are actually leading the modern marketing wave across the globe, and what that means is we're continually also educating our team. on what marketing is accountable for and we're seeing that change happen already so we actually measure something called the marketing engagement index we have the global demand center which is at the core of everything we do when a customer interacts or engages with our content very simply put they go into a nurture engine and then with data and ai and machine learning through certain scoring etc that happens depending on their title depending on the content they consume the type of activity they engaged with etc they get into that engine and then each time that same contact engages with us repeatedly on different types of content they keep moving further into the nurture journey and that's how eventually they pop up as an engaged individual or an engaged account or a highly engaged individual or a rather highly engaged account so we measure marketing engagement index is measured at an account level and not at a individual level but the number of individuals number of interactions all of that contributes to moving that account up in the chain as a highly engaged account i know it sounds really complex there is a lot of ai and ml at play here but it has been the most exciting part of my journey at microsoft to learn this new way of doing marketing so when i go yeah. to talk to a seller i go tell him that hey you know what your customer x is highly engaged this is the type of content they've been engaging with us on why don't you talk to them further why don't you reach out to them and understand as to what are the opportunities there so that's how the seller actually acts on that data so this data is exposed to sales at the end of the day yes of course they have access to this okay yes yes and it it is access that they need to see because i may see a lot of metrics etc they need to see the output related data right yeah so they see that version of it whereas my team would be seeing a lot of double clicks got it all right so anything just shifting gears here a bit what do you look for in marketing leaders when you hire professionally i would always hire for attitude and train for skill 
So for me, attitude is all about the energy that you bring to the table, your approach to problem solving, your approach to conflict management or internal stakeholder or external stakeholder management, your attitude towards learning. Are you willing to learn something new every day by way of experimentation, iteration, because that's core to what we do, test, learn, scale, correct? And then most importantly, are you a team player? Are you invested equally or more so in making your unit succeed versus just yourself? And all of this, while keeping in mind the Microsoft core principles of being inclusive and appreciating the diversity. So those, I would say, is overall what I look for when I'm interviewing a candidate. So hire for attitude, train for skill, because I'm confident I can teach the skill, but I think the attitude is what someone grows up with and someone learns on their job. So that's that's core to me. In your opinion, what do you think, Nidhi, is common to all great marketing teams. Today, you've got D2C, you've got B2B, you've got B2C, you've got B2B2C. There are so many and so many different types, B2G even. But I'm saying, what is the one thing that you think is common to all the great marketing teams you see out there? Okay, so I'd say, I try and think in threes. I've learned that from one of our leaders. But again, I would say three things. Number one would be solid understanding of the business and the stakeholders orient yourself to the goal, right? Irrespective of B2B or B2C. In fact, I was talking to somebody in the morning today and they come from B2C and the kind of conversation we were having was was the same. The second, uh, I would say, is solid understanding of your customer. Are you the voice of the customer for the organization or not? And the third, I would say, is push the boundary on the expected. You know, have the courage and be brave to stick your neck out and stand for what you believe in. Now, with these three, I mean, you know, this is very textbookish. People understand it. Everybody tries to do this. I think then comes the X factor, I'd call it, which is where your intuitive understanding of what you need to do to achieve your outcome, that intuition is the X factor for me. So over time, you hone this intuition, your natural instinct and your natural ability, coupled with the experience that you've had. Like, for instance, the cup of coffee experience for me is eight years old, but it's still so fresh in my mind. I still remember a lot of those conversations. So how do you bring your intuition, along your natural instinct, and couple that with the experience? I think that adds to that X factor besides the three things that are expected that you'll find in all the books. And I think people who succeed are the ones who listen to this intuition, layer it with the understanding and the knowledge that you need, and then apply it. So yeah, I'd say that. So what do you think? Because you talk to so many marketeers, what do you think is common or is different? Adil, you want to start? You put me on the spot there, Kaushik. But I tend to agree with Nidhi in terms of the first one, what she said. I think it's extremely important, which is understanding what your business means uh, and understanding the needs of your stakeholders. Because as a marketer, we all have different objectives and you know you want to do so many different things. But if none of them matter to the sales organization or to the product organization who are your true partners in crime, mm-hmm. then you know, what good is all of that? So I think that absolutely is a core foundation of uh, what you need. And then from there, it's really about ensuring, I think, strong alignment, both internally and externally. I mean, if you have a bunch of rock stars, that's great. But Mm. um, you want to build an orchestra, 
and you don't necessarily want to have a band of musicians who are excellent in their own right but can't collaborate together and i think according to me that's what i've learned you've got to build a team that can truly collaborate really well both internally and externally and i think that's where the rubber hits the road yeah i know the ability to rally teams internally right so important one thing that i would certainly call out is all great marketing teams i think have the ability to scale whatever the ceo's vision or you know mission is you know like in in ways that the ceo himself cannot right so everybody has a sense of what they want to do why the company exists you know what it is for but i think all great marketing teams have the ability to take that and amplify it and really take it out to the market in in very powerful ways i think that is is something that i have seen in pretty much all great marketing leaders You know, hearing you both speak, it just struck another thought. I think the social professional process that I was talking about, right, which is not sit in your room and be in your PPTs or Excels, but also go out there and talk to people, really take genuine interest in people. I think for me, that is what enriches us as individuals. You know, if you look at yourself or me, is the people in my life who have come together to make me who I am and where I am. Relationships, how much genuine. importance are we placing on those relationships you know the collaborators my friends my family my husband my daughter my team my peers each and every relationship holds a certain value i think sometimes i feel that some people that you meet you feel that maybe they're losing sight of that but i think that genuine interest in people relationships those fundamentals that we were taught when we were growing up i think they stand so true in today's work life even for and businesses yeah absolutely and being happy at what i do is is what is critical for me to drive outcome i think that happiness quotient for me is extremely important i don't know how important it is for others but i genuinely feel that i've seen that team members who are happy working together and taking each other along you see better stronger outcomes and stronger teams as well Uh, you couldn't have said it better nidhi because i'm a huge fan of reed hoffman co-founder and as uh, well ceo of linkedin and something that he said always sticks with me and he said the secret to building a successful company is one think big two hmm. get shit done three know how to have fun and if hmm. you can't do right. these three together it's never going to be really worth it yeah. so you know i'm so glad you kind of uh, brought that in and weave this into our conversation so no, that's very well put yep All right so I guess uh, that's that for our podcast today thank you so much Nidhi for joining us this has been really fun Thank you thanks Adil for having me and Kaushik it was fun for me as well and I look forward to meeting you guys in person hopefully post covid and you know this will shall pass All right thank you bye 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 Hey that was our conversation with Nidhi Hola director integrated marketing at Microsoft Thank you for joining us and if you've liked what you've heard don't forget to subscribe to us we're available on Spotify Apple Podcasts and all major podcast networks until our next episode this is me Adil Bandukwala and Kaushik Satish signing off for the Great Indian Marketing Show